Welcome to Home Selling Hero, hosted by real estate veteran Tom Didier. Each week, we break down today's ultra-hot home seller's market and give you the tips, tricks, and guidance to navigate the selling process and get the most out of selling your home. Proudly presented by the Tom Didier team. Let's jump in. All right, what's up, everyone? Uh, welcome to Home Selling Hero. I am your host, Tom Didier, and this is exciting. This is our first real episode. Rob and I did episode zero, and now we're going to jump into it today, actually talk about things that matter. So I've got my first guest today. There is Andrew, Andrew Nagel. has been on my team for, we just talked about this prior to this, and apparently he's been with me 13 years. I lose track of time. It's ironic because Andrew is the youngest team member on my team, but apparently he's the has the most experience. So he came to us in 2009 as a student at UWM and actually wanted to be a real estate intern. It was great. I always bragged about it because I didn't have to pay him. He needed the credit, and I didn't have any money anyways in 2009. So worked out great. So he's been here ever since. So welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Appreciate it. Looking forward. Definitely excited to be diving into our uh, seller tips today in this hot market. We haven't, as Tom alluded to, I have been in since 2009. We haven't seen a seller's market like this since, you know, I've ever been involved. I've heard, you know, stories, good stories about, you know, pre-recession, but definitely excited to be involved in this and today's topic. I can give you some tips and tricks on how to be prepared to, to maximize your potential and value. So that's what we're going to do. Top 10. And, and keep in mind, this is relevant information to this crazy market. And you're going to hear us talk about the insanity of the market, which Andrew just said we've never seen before. So came up with top 10 tips here in April of 2022. We are right in the middle of crazy. The market is a total seller's market. So him and I are going to alternate some things that my team came up with the previous few days. And here we go. So number 10, Andrew's going to take. Yeah, coming in at number 10, uh, staging still works. Yes, it's a hot market. The homes that show the best still rule the market. So what does that mean? Staging, I mean, staging has a couple different, you know, topics that you can fit into. One of the very first steps that we do is a property walkthrough. Part of the, the staging aspect of it is giving you some recommendations. A lot of times people, you know, think of staging of only moving furniture around, decluttering. It's absolutely part of it. But some things that, you know, people don't think of or ask questions about is some painting, minor repairs, sometimes some major repairs, things that could really showcase your property and set you up for success. You know, we have a saying that how we live in a home and how we sell it are two completely different things. And when buyers come through with their agents, you know, everything is in, in show ready condition. Kind of back to the formal, you know, staging process. We do have a certified stager on staff. Uh, she'll come through. Uh, sometimes it can be 30 minutes. Sometimes it takes an hour or so uh, to go through. And she'll give you recommendations with her staging eye. You know, move this couch, move that couch, take this family photo down put this you know, plant boxer here, uh, various different recommendations that we may have. Another thing, especially if your home is vacant, uh, we may have a recommendation to actually hire a third party professional staging company that will come in and move furniture in and stage uh, a handful of the rooms. And then, yeah, and then hit also, Andrew, on the, the newest thing, which is totally technology driven, which is virtual staging. We can stage your house and it's not even there. Absolutely. And they have some pretty nifty technology where we can actually virtually stage your home. Uh, and it's pretty clever, pretty nifty. They can take a room and they can virtually turn the fireplace on. They can put a living room set in your living room. And the technology is that good that it does fool people. And some people don't like to be fooled, but they come to the house that we have listed. It's vacant and they walk in and they say, what the hell? 
photo tour has, you know, this place is filled with furniture. And then they realize, oh my gosh, that was fake. But that's good. That's our job is to bring people in. So yeah, virtual staging has come a long way in the last 10 years, a long way. Number nine, take your time. Uh, this is super important in this crazy market. Buyers, it's very challenging for them. They will bring you an offer and they'll try and force your hand and say, I want an answer right now. I mean, it's we've literally had offers at two o'clock and they wanted an answer by six o'clock. That's unreasonable. I think that's bad buyer advice. So our advice to sellers is take your time. The market is not going to cool off while you're reviewing your offers. So, and there's no right answer whether take your time is, you know, one day, three days, or five days. A lot of times it's the weekend, but take your time. Don't be fooled into acting quickly. Number eight, uh, don't get involved. Don't be present for showings. List on a Thursday and make your agent grind for four straight days. Take your listing and get ready and prepared to go live to the market. Look at the calendar. Talk about a future date that's going to be best for everybody uh, and more importantly you to go live. We talk about Thursdays. We go live on a Thursday, if at all possible, to get ready for the weekend. We do recommend not being present for showings. So part of the idea of going on Thursday gives you an opportunity to treat yourself, go on a staycation, go away for the weekend. And there's a reason for that. We're not telling you, you know, you can't be in your house, but we have learned through the years that buyers are generally nice people. They want to say nice things. So if you're in your home, you're going to hear them say very nice things and they're not going to be speaking freely. Super important for a buyer to be able to speak freely in the home when you're not there. So not that we're trying to kick you out, but... can also be more of a convenience factor for you as well. In this market right now, we're seeing tens of twenties of you know showings and, and groups coming through your home. And so if you don't have to deal with approving showings and coming back and forth a, you know, a bunch of times throughout the day or the weekend, it's easier on you as well to just go away and, and again, treat yourself to maybe a staycation or go some and enjoy the weekend. I always say, make us work. Go up north, find something to do. Wisconsin Dells works well for this. A lot of our clients go to Wisconsin Dells in the winter for... Door County, yeah, anywhere just to get away. All right, we are at number seven. This is mine. Pay close attention to the lender that will be involved in your closing. So you're a seller, you've got multiple offers. We'll be going over that next time, but pay very close attention to the lender. If you've got, let's just use eight offers and four of the offers have a local lender and four of the offers are using a lender that nobody's ever heard of, that you know, local, I'll just keep saying local and we're not going to intentionally promote or bash anybody. I will just say we've got great local lenders and by local, I mean the county in which your house is located. There are some exceptions to that. Milwaukee County is right next door, but try to use a lender that understands our market. Those people know your house, they know your area, they know the comparables. Their underwriters review loans for homes in your market. Huge difference. We've been burned lots of times by going with the highest offer with an out-of-state lender. Every state's different. I would say, too, on that same note, paying attention, when you get an offer to purchase that has a financing contingency, it's going to be accompanied by what's called a pre-approval letter, which is what Tom's you know, mentioning, and it's going, to, it's going to state the lender. And one thing that you know, we always want to pay attention to is the, the terms and the conditions of that pre-approval, that something as simple as the date. You know, The buyers might have mm-hmm. been in the market for a long time, and if it's an expired pre-approval, we want to make sure that we get an updated one. And just other terms and conditions to make sure that the offer reflects what the lender is actually providing. 
Number six is you, Andrew. Clean your home. Pay attention to pet smells. This one is obviously pretty self-explanatory. Clean, again, kind of to the first topic for today was how we live in our home and how we sell it are two different things. One thing, too, when it comes to pets, we have experience that if you aren't a pet person, you will know right away if you're walking into a home that has pets. You know, get the carpets cleaned, you know, do a deep clean, including the appliances, you know, we have a good story. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, but, you know, there was a home here that, you know, had uh, far too many animals, to put, put it politely. And it, you know, it was just to the point of almost no return. But, you know, we had to recommend even just maybe replacing the carpet. But it was pretty bad. It puts us, we don't like to do it, but it puts us as the listing agent in a tough position to go back to our clients and say, hey, I don't know how to tell you, but we've had 15 showings. Ten of them didn't make it through the front door because of the pet odor. They just weren't interested. So it's hard. It's our job. So we have to, you know, put the stuff out there seriously that, you know, if you got pets, let's make an effort here. So it makes a big difference. Well, and we know, too, that, uh, you know, those are our fur babies. All right. Next up, number five, minimize. Also kind of self-explanatory. But basically, you know, getting a storage shed while you are listing your home is usually a good idea. And part of that comes with if we need to get a 10 by 25 storage unit, there's no contract. I mean, you can rent a storage unit for 30 days or 60, move in and out. So it's a nice short-term thing that really helps the house show bigger when you have less stuff inside of it. So it does make a big difference. You know, furniture is funny. Like if it's a really big piece of furniture, it can really make a room look totally different. And if you remove it, it really opens it up. So large pieces of furniture that aren't being used generally need to go by. And a lot of personal effects, you'll hear a lot of people talk about personal effects and there's a fine line. Some realtors have the opinion that no personal effects whatsoever, take down every single family photo. We don't do that. We've never advised our sellers to take down every family photo. However, when you have an entire wall covered in family photos, that might need to have some work done to it. So it's a case-by-case basis. And don't take that as an opportunity to use the garage. We see that a lot where they'll take our recommendations and they'll you know, start decluttering and minimizing and everything gets piled in the garage. Um, probably a big no-no. I mean, that could be a last case resort, but we still want to, you know, buyers are... Buyers are going to go in. The garage is very important. And if it's from, you know, floor to ceiling, wall to wall of just stuff, it's going to be hard for them to look past that. So don't take that as an opportunity to use the garage. Go get a storage shed. Number four, do not be tricked into just taking the highest offer. As they say, the devil is always in the details. The theme in this market is multiple offers, whether that's two or no joke. I just showed a home the other day, and there were 35 offers on the table. That's crazy. That's insane. Absolutely insane. And keep in mind, our next episode will be, you know, this is episode one. Episode two will be on how to handle multiple counter offers because... Well, Andrew just used, what did you say, 35? I remember that one. 35. I mean, it's unusual. If we're getting less than five, that's pretty unusual right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. But, you know, we've over asking. I mean, we're seeing multiple offers over asking as high as $100,000 over the 35 offers, I think, is the quantity of offers is probably the record that I've personally seen. And then dollar amount as high as, you know, $100,000 over asking. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get into. You know, whether that's good or bad, it's generally speaking, I don't think anybody would argue that's good unless you're the seller of that particular property. So, you know, things are a little bit out of whack and we'll talk about about the market and all the economic indicators on where this is going later. But it's out of whack. I mean, that's for sure. Nobody's going to say that this is a normal market. So the, the moral of the tip or the point is, you know, don't always take the highest offer. 
Take your time. Part of our job is, you know, we have to dissect all these offers. Generally speaking, there's a few handful of contingencies. Uh, quick story, and this is a theme that I've been seeing primarily working with, especially new buyers in the market, is that to get the house, they'll offer a ridiculously high price to basically dangle a carrot in front of the seller. But then the offer has a inspection contingency, for example, or they'll bank on an appraisal contingency and hope that the appraisal just comes in low to protect them. And for example, the inspection, you know, they'll just nitpick the inspection report and beat you up over the littlest things uh, just because they were the winner and they dangled that really high price in front of you. Same thing as we talked about as before, which is less is more. So the less stuff in an offer, the, the more the offer is attractive to a seller. So... So also kind of on price, number three is setting the list price is everything. You know, this is our first opportunity to go to market with an asking price that is very attractive. The market right now, it is hot enough that you will get your market value. I don't want to say regardless of price, and that's why we're saying it's so important to price it, but this is not the market to like reach for the stars. The stars are already there. You'll get to the stars. Let us do our job, tell you how to price it. You know, this asking price will generate a lot of activity and a lot of offers. And everyone's got different opinions on that. And some sellers give us total authority and say, listen, you guys, the professionals, do your job, price it where you think it needs to be, and we'll go from there. Other people really want us to push that, you know, push that envelope. And we've seen, even in this crazy hot market, it'll sit there. It'll sit there. There are some listings out there in this market, southeast Wisconsin, that have been sitting there for 60 days. Well, there's a reason for that. I think too, when it comes to pricing, it is hard. It's even hard, you know, hard for us because we are looking at comps, you're looking at comparables, and it seems like every the previous sale, the last sale, and the one prior to that, everybody is pushing the envelope, right? It's kind of breaking the next record and breaking the next record, and it's hard to not be the next record breaker. But to Tom's point, you know, pricing is everything and hitting that target because you also don't want to be a stagnant listing, and we have to play the price reduction game because that will throw a big red flag up to potential buyers. Another thing to talk about is the comps. We use the word comps. That's short for sales comparables, but comps are important. Uh, if there's going to be financing involved in your offer, there's got to be comps. Comparable sales primarily are the ones that are dictating the market in the home's value. You know, we don't, we're going to show you a few. If there's a, some that are active, we're going to show you, but we don't really focus a whole lot on what your neighbor's asking for their house or the one across the, the city. We're really focusing on the ones that have sold, and that's what's dictating and kind of gauging our pricing so we can bring it to, to market competitively. Number two, kitchens matter. This is the most important room in the house when it comes to sale. We actually have a good story on this as well, but kitchens, you know, everybody watches HGTV, everybody sees, you know, kitchens and baths. Kitchens are probably, you know, are the most important. When it comes to kitchens and, and primarily to get ready for selling and listing, you know, there's kind of two different aspects of it, cleaning and also, you know, decluttering. We all love to have our, all the appliances, our air fryers, our toasters, you know, vitamins. We all have all of our things that go on the kitchen counter. The very first tip that we have and recommendation is everything has to come off. Take everything off, declutter, let us get our pictures taken. And then as far as showings are concerned, if you do have a a very functional kitchen, but it's slightly dated. There are some tips that we have in a story in particular of a, a client, a, a seller that we went to and, you know, she had a very functional kitchen. However, it was an older countertop. It was for mica. It wasn't solid surface. And in this market, buyers are looking for solid surface, granite, quartz, you know, anything that falls under that. And it was a, an upgrade that actually probably netted her a trip for that investment of a couple grand to update her countertops. And she actually yeah. saw that and then some. 
That was a $7,000 countertop. I would say we easily got 21000 or more for that house because of the $7,000 investment. Uh, countertops are a great Countertops are a great investment. Everyone wants solid surface. Um, the old school is the Triple Cove, Pionite, Formica countertops. Countertops are huge. Great investment. You'll see that payback, and it's just super important in this market that the kitchen stands out you know, way above the other houses. And even during showings, that's the first thing that people are really going to gravitate towards, and I'll see that working with buyers, is everybody goes right to the kitchen. How come? Why do kitchens, why do kitchens matter more than we think? Why does everyone love the kitchen the most? Well, in my opinion, and what, what I see is just hearing, you know, buyers and their needs and their wants is everybody gravitates to the kitchen, right? We all like, you know, entertaining, we have family over, whether it's dinners or, or holidays. And I think everybody is gravitated to the kitchen because that's where you want to hang out. So when you're hosting, it's where the food is, it's it's where the, food food is. Is. That's where what the I, alcohol yeah. is. Yeah, Everybody goes to the kitchen. We're down to number one, which I've got, and our tip is do not try to sell your house for sale by owner. This is not the market to be doing that. You know, I've been doing this 27 years, and for sale by owners in our market have always represented between zero and like 3%. This is the market. You do not want to expose your home to one or two buyers when you can expose it to literally 100 buyers. Let your home compete. We do have a lot of sellers when we take their listing and they say, oh, we've already got somebody. And we say, no kidding. We all have somebody. There's, you know, our job, and that's another episode for future is that, you know, people sometimes think that we get paid a commission to find a buyer. That is absolutely not true. With the internet these days, anybody can find anyone to buy anything. I mean, you take a picture of what somebody wants to buy, you post it on a platform and you get people. Our job has completely changed in the 28 years I've been doing this. Our job is now to manage those buyers and the offers and get you to closing. It's a totally different thing we do now. But Again, there are so many buyers out there right now, and the power of the multiple listing service and all of the, the platforms we have, it just makes, again, this is assuming you want top dollar. If you're not, if top dollar is not important and you want the most convenient offer ever, then by all means, limiting yourself to one or two people might be the way to go. But for the most part, people are looking to, to maximize their dollar because for most people, the house is you know, the biggest investment they have. And I can hear it already, you know, the, the for sale by owner, the, the biggest reason for sale by owner generally is the commission. The, the seller does not want to pay the, the real estate commission. And in this market, exposing it to, you know, tens of 20s of hundreds of buyers, our commission will be covered and then some by listing it with us on the market. Kind of funny, you know, we just said like you can get a triple return on a on a countertop, you know. I think it could be argued that with a full-time real estate agent, you might get a triple return right there too. No matter what the commission is you're paying, you're probably going to get three times that in this market if you expose it to the market and, and let everybody compete for your house, for sure. All right, so we got we went through our top 10. I think they're all good. I think they're very relevant. Anything that comes to mind, Andrew? Do we miss any? What else is out there right now that would be a good thing to... I think the biggest, I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, getting the house prepared for showings and, you know, not being lazy about it. I mean, you hear all these stories... And we hear how, oh, you know, the house is going to go on the market. We're going to get less activity and all these offers. And at the end of the day, you know, having your house ready for showings, clean, decluttered, organized is very important. The other thing that we kind of didn't mention, but on this note, too, is the exterior. You know, we live in Wisconsin. We're getting through the winter and into the spring. And a lot of times people fail to, to focus on the outside. You know, there's we have a couple seconds that when that's buyer mentality, when they get out of their car and they walk to the front door, we have a big yep. impression we have to make. And that if first impression. 
First impression is huge. And if we don't have the yard cleaned up and maybe, you know, maybe some power washing on the outside, we're going to turn them off right away. Yeah, that's a good one that just popped into my head as you were saying that is I always used to always tell sellers, I don't go on as many listing appointments as the team members do now, but I used to tell them, pull up to your own house, get out of the car and walk up to your front door which sellers never do, who pulls up to the front, you know, who goes in through the front door. But I said, that's what buyers are going to be doing and just notice some things. And they'll usually notice some landscaping or, you know, a doorbell that looks like crap or something that's out of place or a kid's toy that's left in the front yard. So I think that's a good tip too is pull up to your own house, get out and walk up to the front door just like it's the first time ever. And you'll probably notice a few things you didn't notice before. So Andrew, how, how crazy is your market? Is it crazy or crazy, crazy? Yeah, I think it's cray cray. I think our market is on that level of just bonkers. Great problem to have is you're a seller, though. Yeah, yeah. And keep making these podcasts every week. Like I said, I think we're going to do next week, we're going to come up with a multiple counteroffer situation, which every realtor, whether you're working with buyers or sellers, is experiencing. And we're going to kind of go over the rules and what to expect and kind of give everybody an idea of how best to work with that situation. Because we're doing it every day right now. We're bringing in multiple counteroffers. On, on everything right now. And let us know too, you know, feel free to reach out and just ask the questions because we have some creative solutions. I know the biggest thing right now is I'd love to sell my house. I want to make a bunch of money, but I have nowhere. So make sure to just shoot us an email, connect with us on social media, call us, and we can talk through how this all works. Because I know that's always one of the big questions too is I'd love to sell my house, but I have nowhere to go. And how do I buy the next one? There you have it. There is our first episode. Those are our top 10 tips. So we're going to have, I really hope to get feedback from the listeners mostly on what surprised you the most. That's all we got. This is the Tom Didier team signing out. Till next time, see everybody later. Thanks for listening to Home Selling Hero. For more, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and connect with Tom across LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have a question about selling your home or buying your next one, reach out to Tom at tom at tomdidier.com or call or text him directly at 414-881-3290. Home Selling Hero is a production of Tom Didier Real Estate in partnership with Westport Studios. This podcast is for informational purposes only and any information presented during the course of discussion is presented as reliable under the laws of the state of Wisconsin. Be sure to consult a local agent for any nuances where you may live.